Hello, here I am, here I am in my hotel room, sitting in my hotel room about to talk to you. The delirium. The delirium that occurs when you are on the road. So I want to try to kind of paint a picture with words on what it is like to be on the road as a trainer during, you know, any season really. I'm just, I just happen to be on the road here in June doing my summer camp tours of trainings where I'm going around and teaching people how to use their adventure programs, how to use their challenge courses, doing facilitation training. I had a really incredible conversation today about vulnerability, which I think was uh, really powerful. And I hope that it really resonated with people who were in that training. But this is the kind of thing I'm, I'm training about in terms of adventure programming. But what I want to talk about in this and I'm I'm, I'm going to save a maybe facilitation tip towards the end. So at least there's some incredible value to this episode, to you listening to this. That, that at least is my hope. But I want to share a couple of stories of things that happen on the road and the reality of going from hotel to hotel as a trainer. So I'm sitting here, I'm sitting in a chair. That's uh, That's the preferred location for sitting for me is a chair. And I'm sipping on some lemonade from Panera Bread. Now, Panera Bread, I just want to highlight, Panera Bread is not a sponsor, but is my go-to location for foods, uh, for dinners, particularly when I'm on the road. In a a populous area where there happens to be Panera Breads, they are the location I frequent. So if you are ever on the road and you stop by a Panera Bread, you might see me. I'm not going to tell you where I'm going to be in the future of trainings, but just know that the Panera Breads in the US, the northeast of the US, are frequented by me. The reason I like them is they have a good variation of sandwiches and soups, and I happen to be a enjoyer of the soup. So I'm sipping, sitting here, sipping on a wonderful lemonade that I got from our Panera Bread, and I want to share a couple of things that have occurred while traveling. Now, most of these are an acceptance of me and my maybe anxieties and awkwardnesses. But I, but my assumption is that you are there are people listening to this who will relate, even if you're not a traveling uh, trainer, even if you're not someone who hotel lives in hotels and frequents hotels very often. But the first thing is the transportation from point A to point B via the medium of driving a car. And this happened to me probably early on in my on-the-road experiences. But I realized that I had this weird, I don't think it's that weird, anxiety around it. When I would stop at like gas station and go in with, you know, fill the car, and then have the desire to use the toilet 
that I would always sometimes, because there are locations that do have this requirement, that you need to purchase something before you use the toilet, or you at least have to go to the desk and ask for a key sometimes. You may be aware of this or you may not, but this is a thing that has happened to me where, you know, I won't be able to access the toilet unless I purchase something, at which point now it brings in with it this experience of having those moments and then the nervous response that I then have when I walk into these of like, oh no, is this going to be one of these times? I need the toilet. I need to use, I need to get in. I'm going to have these weird, awkward social experiences. So you know i it's always a you know a debate in my brain about the use of the of the facilities in this particular scenario what happened was i opened the door to the gas station and what i heard in the distance you know towards the where the the cashier would be what i heard was what are you doing and my guttural like instinct based on my previous experiences was that I announced quite loudly because I I needed to say it loudly so the person could hear because it it sounded like they were quite far away. So I loudly announced, I'm going to the toilet. At which point I looked up to to ensure that the person had adequately received my information of me needing the toilet. And I looked up and I looked across and I, and I realized immediately my mistake that the person was just another customer in the gas station and they were on the phone and they weren't talking to me, but they were talking to whoever the other person was on the phone. All embarrassed, I then dart towards the, where the toilets are. Fine, thankfully, there was they were they were uh, vacant, so I could go in. I used the facilities, and then I you no know, panic kind of exited. I would say is the best way to describe that. Kind of push the door and then avoid all eye contact. Head to the door, get out of the door, get in my car, and then have a sigh of relief of my embarrassment. I do think that, that that experience is funny. The thing that I think is probably more funny in hindsight is to be in the position of anyone else who was in that gas station at the time, including the person who was on the phone, that what they would have experienced is the doors opening, an English person with an English accent, then loudly announcing to everyone, I'm going to the toilet. And maybe in their head thinking, is this a, po- a appropriate protocol, a polite protocol in England that when you go into an English place, a public space, that you must loudly announce the need for the toilet? The assumption is that someone at some point in that is te- told that story to somebody else, that there was someone that burst in the door and announced they needed to go to the toilet. So I share that only because that's an experience that happened to me. And maybe at some point, someone listening to this relates to it. (laughs) This is one of these things where I'm literally sitting. I want to paint another picture of words. The picture that I am literally in in a room, in a hotel room, talking into a microphone. There's no one else here. And I'm gesticulating with my hands as if I was talking to a crowded group of people about me announcing to strangers that I'm going to the toilet. So anyway, that happened. But now I want to detail some other things that uh, occur when I come to the to a hotel, and the realities of what life is like in a ho- in when you're traveling. There are a couple of things that I hope to be able to see when I come to the to- come to the toilet, come to a hotel. 
And um, the first is I'm a I'm a tea drinker. So which you know the stereotype is real when it comes to me and being English and drinking tea. One of the things I try to make I want to make sure that the hotel has is the ability for me to boil water so that I can then have a cup of tea in the evenings. So I've expressed this to some people, or maybe I've said this in the podcast, but I'm a professional extrovert, but a personal introvert. So the concept of introvert-extrovert thing is nothing about like shy or outgoing, but it's about energy output and the amount of energy it takes to do certain things. So for me, as an introvert, a a personal introvert, I find the professional extrovertedness of having to be in front of a group of people all day training to be very exhausting. I enjoy it. I enjoy socializing, but it just takes a lot of energy. So when I get back to the hotel room, I want to just like chill. And so one of those is the need for me to have uh, a cup of tea. And what I drink, because I don't want to stay up all night, and I actually want to facilitate my getting to sleep, is I drink sleepy time tea. So I'm, I'm at the hotel that I'm at currently. And this is 100% the case for every single hotel that I go to. 100%. You probably either know, or if you don't know, you can test to this theory, and it will be 100% true. That there's always, for the most part, if there's a coffee machine or anything that can facilitate the boiling of water, that when you put water in it and you just boil it, the water will always taste like coffee, or the water will have coffee granules that are in the water. So you have to, so what I tend to do is I have to run the coffee machine a few times to get the flavor out or at least the granules. So I know that when I come into a hotel, one of the first things I'll do, I'll drop my bags and I'll go start the process of cleaning the coffee thing so that I don't have coffee tasting sleepy time tea. I realize that as I'm saying this, the level of like needs that I have, I don't know, maybe you relate. I hope you relate. Anyway. I'm just vulnerably telling you the things that I require that help me relax my comfort zone. In the current hotel, I I did it so many times and I was getting so frustrated with cleaning it. And I realized like not only was that that was the was the coffee filter itself had a kind of plasticky taste so the water would come out plasticky. I don't know. I was all kind of like this is the worst. What I then did was like, you know what, I'm going to go and do the second thing that, you know, for me is very relaxing and I'm going to go and take a shower. Now, Showers, hotel showers is also a complete uh, gamble. You don't know what kind of like, sometimes you get incredible pressure and all water pressure and it all, it's just like a, an incredible shower and it's like, oh, it's wonderful. So the one I have currently in the hotel I'm in now, the shower, th- this is what is happening this time. The pressure is good. Temperature of the water is good. The actual shower is really nice. But the nozzle, like the shower head, some of the holes, it's got like lots of holes. Some of the holes don't have water coming out. I, I want to, so this is the, this is what it kind of looks like. In order to wash my hair, I have to kind of move my head in a, in a large circle so that all of the hair can have water fall on it. Because the shower head is large, but there is only, I would say, I would say close to like 40% of the holes that actually have water coming out of them. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. If it's a concern, wouldn't you just call down to the main office or something, maybe get a room change and mention it? You know, I'm here for five nights, so you'd think that. But the other thing that you're forgetting, maybe you don't know about me, and I have mentioned this 
but I have social anxiety. So the idea of having to have this kind of conversation with someone, it takes more energy for me to get to that point than just to settle. So my settling is a longer shower where I have to manipulate my body around the shower area in order to get full water-based cleaning coverage. So it wasn't a great start. You know, this is this is classic first world problems, by the way, and I, I understand how this sometimes might come across. But I, I want to try to paint the reality of my situation because I have just spent a whole day doing training and it's like an exhausting thing and hotel stuff away from family. You know, you want to have some kind of like creaturey comforts. So I get back and then I'm like stressed and I go, you know, I go to bed. I wake up in the next morning and my eyes look upon the coffee machine in, if I'm honest, uh, anger, uh, distaste, unpleasant emotions. I then scan upwards and above the coffee machine is a microwave. And just like you are realizing, as I say that, I was realizing that I could have just boiled water in the microwave. The lesson of the story, if there's to be a lesson, is that I have to do a, a better job at thinking. <laughs> I don't know about the possibilities of water boiling. Yeah, so now now I'm drink I'm able to drink sleepy time tea, which is a real positive experience. Okay, I wanted to end you on a facilitation tip. This is something that I had, and I mentioned this early on, and I wanted to reference this because this is in my head at the moment as I'm reflecting upon my agenda. I've mentioned several times before in when I facilitate, like being vulnerable is really important, but for some reason. There is a there is an extent where like I'm nervous as and I in, in the previous episode we talk about mistakes and mentioning these and this is sort of like a running theme for me at the moment because I'm realizing like as a facilitator I need to do a really good job or a better job of creating a psychologically safe space and in order for me to do that I need to start role modeling vulnerability more often so part of that is me telling more stories that of things that have happened to me you know positive but also on the negative end and places where I've made a mistake so in this previous in this in this training only the other day I had an experience where uh, we were doing the spider's web now the spider's web activity I do think has some flaws a couple of flaws that it has naturally is that there is a lifting component that is seen as the standard way to use it I just don't think you need to use the lifting part to be honest um, but if you're going to, you need to teach that and need to prepare the your participants. But the other is the body image stuff around, you know, certain sized holes or openings aren't conducive for everyone and it makes you feel less than. But something else that I often have experienced and the and participant experienced during this training was that often the lifted person, if you're going to have lifting, is the lightest and the smallest person. My I, I'm classically the liftee if I'm going to be a participant, because I'm light. And so that also relates to, you know, body shaming and an awareness of body image that, you know, really shouldn't be a thing that we need to have as a part of an activity. There is inherent, sometimes you get that through any experience anyway, but I think this one for some reason highlights it, or at least I see it highlighted in a different way. But what happened was a participant was about to get lifted but then there was a change of plan and they decided to start crawling under a lower one or you're know, getting down low. And then the other rest of the group came in and wanted to lift still. 
And this person was like saying very adamantly, no, I don't like this. Don't do that. No, I don't like this. The rest of the group continued. But the, but the piece I want to highlight is the mistake that I made as the facilitator. Now, I observed this. Even observing it means that I'm a part of it. Just because I'm not actually part of the lift or even in the part where someone's saying no, doesn't make me less culpable to the experience that they're having. And in fact, puts me in a position where actually I'm a little bit more responsible because I do have the control. What was good, though, was somebody else advocated for the person who was getting lifted after the fact and said that they didn't think that was okay. And then the person who got lifted, no, they didn't feel like... They didn't feel in control. They didn't like that experience. They didn't make them feel very heard. It didn't feel make them feel respected and all these kind of things. All of those good all of those things are really awesome, by the way, that we were able to as a group to discuss it and they felt comfortable enough to bring that up to the group. But the mistake I made, and this is the part that I think is important, apologizing from my part in it. Because I think sometimes, as a facilitator, you don't want to feel like you've made a mistake in the process of it. And it's in this one, I'm a trainer, right? Like my job inherently puts me in a position of expertise. And I I, I sometimes have this imposter syndrome, and you've mentioned this before, but around sharing of expertise when I'm sharing something from a trainer position versus being a facilitator where I feel like I'm a little bit more able to make a mistake or be vulnerable because I'm not necessarily the expert. But when I'm a trainer, I'm, I feel like in the expert role. But I could easily have pretended that I didn't make a mistake in that moment, but I did. And so I I had to, I brought it up. And I, I think since I've done that, I think we had a really good conversation today, the, which is the day after the previous thing happened, where we talked about as a group that kind of notion of role modeling vulnerability. And with great power comes great responsibility as a facilitator. I, I know I'm taking that from Spider-Man, but that was important for me. And I hope me sharing this with you becomes important to you also in that if we make mistakes, no matter what point we are in in our career, us saying that we made that and being able to then be vulnerable in front of people, I think is a really important thing because it allows other people to be more vulnerable. And if we can continue to do that, we will get into a position where it's not necessarily vulnerable, it's just the norm to say when you are feeling a certain way and when you've made a mistake because it's vulnerable now because the pressure is that the the what we get what we're doing by saying those things are not well received or well respected or there is repercussions to them if we go back to the episode where Romy was describing psychological safe learning environments as being able to share your opinions and your thoughts without the fear of repercussion that's why it feels vulnerable at the moment because that's not the norm so the more that we can do that, the more we take this thing that is vulnerable and make this more normal. So anyway, I started off talking about stories about being on the road and I ended talking about, I think, something that is an important concept that I hope that you're able to take from this and take into your work and normalize our mistakes and normalize um, speaking our mind and being able to uh, be emotional human beings because that's what we are. Thanks for listening. Thanks for enjoying enjoying this ramble. How do I know if you've enjoyed it? <laughs> uh, let me know if you enjoyed it. You can always send me a message. Direct message on Instagram. That's the way to get in contact with me. Stay in contact. Write reviews. All of those things. Uh, share this with your friends and colleagues. 
And I hope that I get to connect with you at some point in the near future, at either a training or an event like a conference. And come say hello. I love to chat with people in this industry. I like working in this field and I hope you're able to pick up that from my discussions and ramblings. Anyway, thanks friends and hope to see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving High Fives Podcast, guys! <laughs>